Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture, and I am your host, Cherise Sims, on the Black Love Podcast Network. I am excited to be with you all today. I am a mama of six, PBS Early Learning Champion, a teacher of many children, and lover of friends. I don't know why I said that. It just sounded good at the end of my little intro spiel. So as always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. It's something that I do with my children at the dinner table, um, and it just allows us a window into one another's day, opens up conversation, allows us to know the good things and the challenging things going on in life. I'm going to start with the pit of my day so I can end on a high note. But the pit of my day is simple. It's just one of those days as a teacher, we are wrapping up the end of this year, getting ready for next year. And there's just a lot of boring admin work that I personally do not enjoy doing. And so when I have hours of it, it, I just feel like kind of crummy after. So that's the pit of my day. But the peak of my day was super cute. So last night I'm reading a story to my children My son is super into the book. He's four. Him and his twin sister are in the same class. And as I finish the book, he looks at me and he says, Mommy, can we give all of my friends books? And I'm like, "You excuse me? You want to give all of your friends books? Like, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. And he's like, yeah, I want to give my friends books. So I said, of course. So he got really excited. He started picking out the books. Of course, I had to help him because we had to make sure these were like books that he could actually put in his backpack and be able to carry into class for 20 children. Um, And him and his sister were just so excited about picking out these books for their friends and putting them in their backpacks. And the next morning going to school with these giant backpacks full of books for their friends. And, you know, it was just so sweet and so genuine. And as a book loving family and owners of a library of poetry, like nothing could have made me more happy than my children randomly wanting to gift other children with the love of literacy. So that was for sure the peak of my day. And then their teacher sent us pictures of all the children on the rug reading their little books, and it just warmed my heart. So, you know, I hope that warmed your heart also. I want to talk a little bit about gratitude today. And what gratitude looks like, you know, we're getting ready for the holidays, our children are getting ready to give gifts, Maybe, but certainly they're getting ready to get gifts. And sometimes we have those moments where our children get gifts that they don't like. Sometimes they get gifts from family members they don't like. And they have reactions that we as the parents don't like and can sometimes like mortify us and embarrass us. So I want to talk a little bit about how do we like cultivate that gratitude in our children. And one of the ways that I do this is one, just through leading by example, right? And that's obvious. If your children give you a gift or watch you get a gift, you can lead by example of how you show gratitude, how you appreciate the gift. That's probably the simplest way. But part of the reason I told you the story of the people of my day was because that was actually a type of story that allowed me or an experience that allowed me to talk about gratitude with my children. Because in giving the gift, it wasn't just about them handing the book to their friends. It wasn't just about their friends having a book, right? It was the whole process of my son at night having an experience with a book, enjoying the book, thinking about his friends, And having the thoughtfulness and the consideration to say, I'm enjoying this experience. I want my friends to enjoy this experience as well. Then taking the time to actually pick out different books, put them in his backpack, carry his backpack to school, and then give them to his friends. So with my son and my daughter, 
after they did this, we talked about that. We talked about how good it felt for them to think about their friends, how good it felt for them to be able to give to their friends. And part of the reason why we did this is because oftentimes when it comes to a child not liking a gift, we as parents go into this whole lecture of like, they took the time to buy this and they thought about you and you should appreciate that they took the time. But we don't realize that in that moment, Our children, like, they just see the gift. They don't see the process. And a huge part of parenting is teaching our children the process of things, how to process things, and how to process their feelings around experiences that they do or don't like, and not avoiding those experiences. So rather than being in the moment and your child is upset about a gift, rather than just telling them and trying to point out right then all the ways in which someone put thought into this and effort into this and use their hard-earned money to buy you this gift and giving them this list of reasons that they don't have in their storage cabinet at the moment to pull from, spend some time before the holiday season comes to have these conversations of and relate it back to a time that they've given a gift or they've made you a card or made you a coloring and point out the process of why giving that gift felt so good and point out the process of how it feels when you give something and when someone appreciates what you've given them. Then actually have a conversation with them that kind of preps them for these gift giving experiences. We're about to have dinner with some of your family. I know that auntie so-and-so and and uncle so-and-so took time and they called me and they're really excited because they also spent that kind of time buying you a gift. They also thought about you and are really excited to give you this gift. Do you think it's going to be something you would like? And we've kind of talked about this role-playing thing in the past, right? But the importance of walking them through what it might look like, asking them these questions, is that with children, children thrive off of routine and expectation. So especially during the holiday seasons, and especially with gifts that are ultimately surprises, like there is no routine in it. There is no prediction, predictability, and knowing what to expect. So our children have a hard time wrapping around that, right? And within their own cute little hearts and minds, they have their own expectation for what's going to be underneath that wrapping paper. And when it's not that, it can be disappointing. And it's interesting because even as adults, like if I remember (laughs) my last birthday, I told my husband, I want a dress for my birthday. I think I even like explained him what kind of dress, showed him samples of the dress, told him where to buy the dress. And he came back on my birthday and he gave me like, I'm not kidding y'all. It was like a Hugh Hefner fluffy exterior with the scarf type thing type of bathrobe. And I opened that thing and I looked at it and I was like, what? Like, I was so confused. I'm like, why did he give me this? I told him what I wanted. This is not what I wanted. I don't have use for a bathrobe. I have a bathrobe that I like. And it was really, really hard for me to feel appreciation and gratitude for this thing that I really didn't want. And that's me as an adult. And y'all can judge me if if you want. But I know you've had a similar experience where you get a gift that you don't like. And we have the manners to say, thank you. That was sweet of you for thinking of me. But we have a hard time as well feeling grateful for something that we didn't really want. Or if it is someone that's closer to you and your expectation is that they should know you well enough to get something that they know you would find good use of or you've told them and now you feel like they weren't listening to you, it's even harder to show appreciation or even to just be like, 
thanks for the thought, because the thought really is like, was there thought? So if that's the adult brain, imagine what that is for the child brain that doesn't even yet have the years of experience of practicing gratitude and practicing appreciation and all of those things, and certainly doesn't have the understanding that somebody thought about them worked to make money, went to the store, bought them a gift, wrapped the gift. So kind of explain these things to them beforehand. So when they go into the holiday season, getting ready to open these gifts, they are aware that there's more to be thankful for than just what's underneath the wrapping paper. And you can even remind them, you know, as they're opening it, oh my God, here's that gift we talked about that auntie thought about you about and was so happy. You can even have them give the gratitude up front before they open the gift. Can you give Auntie a hug for giving you a gift that was so sweet of her? Or can you give her a high five if you're practicing body boundaries and all that? Like maybe ask them to show the appreciation before they already have the gift. So they're set in the tone and mindset of appreciation. But back to kind of role playing with them, ask them what you think it's going to feel like and then set them up to know you might get something you don't like. What are you going to do if it's something you don't like? What do you think you'll say? How do you think you'll manage? What do you think we can say even if we don't like it because we know they put the thought behind it? So these are the conversations that you want to have with your children kind of leading up to it to prep them. Don't just put them in a situation where they're kind of set up to be a, quote, bad kid, unquote, or a, quote, brat, unquote, right? They're not. They're just children, tiny humans with feelings, with little impulse control who act on their feelings. So we as the parents have to guide them and give them that support, give them the scripts. Like, y'all are probably on here trying to get scripts of your own. So start to give your child scripts also in these various situations uh, that we all kind of dread and don't look forward to. So the next part that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the magic and the secret and secrets of Santa and Christmas and all those good things. So if you have little ones near, you might want to pause this and come back at a later time after they're asleep so we don't spoil all the surprises and secrets. So do what you got to do to keep the little ones safe and keep the holiday season great this year. But I'm going to give you a second to pause and come back when the children are not around so we can discuss all the secrets and magic of Santa and Christmas. <laughs> now that y'all have gotten rid of your nosy kids who probably heard me say that and wanted to stay and listen to the rest, let's talk about what do we do when our child finds out Santa isn't real? Or what do we do if we decided we want to tell our child that Santa isn't real? How do we stop them from being that child that ruins the magic of Christmas for somebody else? you know, all of those questions that we have surrounding Santa. And I actually want to start with something that I heard on the Mama's Den, which I absolutely loved, but it's still in the realm of gratitude and appreciation, right? If you listen to Mama's Den, you probably heard this. If you don't, go listen to Mama's Den uh, because it's a great podcast. But Ashley Chia was talking about how they do and don't do Santa in their house and how sometimes, I believe it was Ashley Chia, Um, sometimes they buy like the littler gifts and the smaller gifts they say are from Santa, but the larger gifts they say are from their parents. And it's a sentiment similar to so many that people experience, which is that if I'm working hard to buy these things for my children, I want them to know that it came from me. I don't want them to think that some dude in a in a fur jacket coming down a chimney gave them these things. I want them to know that I worked hard to get this for them. And again, that's also like the process of gratitude. You're not actually wanting them to thank you for what is under the tree. You're wanting them to thank you for your hard work. 
So anyways, <laughs> that's an option, right? You can do something similar to that where you tell your children the smaller things are from Santa, the larger things are from you. Now, before I even continue, I want to say that you can do whatever you want to do. When it comes to Santa, there is no right and wrong. There is no you should tell them at this age or you should not lie to them or you should lie to them for as long as you can or you you know you're make believe and all that and having fun you're going to take away their childhood if you tell them that Santa doesn't exist not, none of that is accurate so it's really just what you want to do and what feels good for you and what works in your home and what i will say on the front of like imagination is that children have the most amazing imaginations of all humans. And if you watch your children, they're constantly in a place of creativity and imagination. You know, one day they're on their bed and they're a mermaid in the ocean, and they genuinely see that in their minds. Another day they're underneath a chair or a table, but in their minds they're in the middle of a forest in a tent and you're the bear that's outside. But they like really get into these games. And I share that because if you choose to tell your children that Santa is not real, you can still experience the magic of Christmas. I think a lot of people think that if we are able to keep up the facade that Santa is a real magical character, that then we're able to nurture their creativity, their imaginations, and allow them to experience that wonder of Christmas. They're going to experience it either way. And look it up, Google it. Like It is backed by research. Children have amazing imaginations. And whether or not you tell them what you want to tell them, they can still experience the wonder and magic of Christmas either way. So don't get caught up on that. I know that with my own children, I've never been one to try to tell my children that Santa was real or the tooth fairy was real, but I was never quick to be like, they're not real, right? And this is something that I do as a teacher also. If a child asks me a question, I throw the question right back at them. Well, what do you think? Oh, well, that's interesting. Why do you think that? So if your child comes to you and says, mommy, is Santa real? I would lead with that question. I would lead with the question of like, oh, why do you ask that question? That's a fun question. And asking them the question, why do you ask that, leads you into a conversation that kind of sets you up to know what you're dealing with. Because they're either going to tell you, I was just wondering, or I noticed some gifts in the closet, or someone at school told me that Santa's not real. And so now you know what you're up against. You're having a conversation that's actually in front of you and not a conversation that you've been dreading having in your mind and that you made up is happening, right? So just ask them, oh, why do you ask that? That's a great question. Then ask them, what do you think? And see what they think and see where they're at with the feeling. Then ask them, you know, depending on where the conversation's going, you can ask them questions like, how would you feel if you found out Santa wasn't real? And if they say something like, I'd be so sad, I'd be so devastated, then maybe you want to wait. Maybe at that point, you just want to say, well, you know, kind of change this, the conversation into, well, tell me what you love most about Santa. And most likely, they're going to kind of get lost in talking to you about Santa and talking to you about things. But you can give yourself time to have that conversation at a different time, not around the holidays, so you don't feel like you're ruining their childhood or ruining the magic and wonder of Christmas if it comes to you in that way, right? And then one thing that I did with my children is when they were younger and we were talking about Santa and it did get to the point where they were like, well, who is Santa? <laughs> this is me personally. This isn't necessarily like you You can take this or leave it. 
Um, but I personally told my children, I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you this because I think you're ready and you're so mature. But before I tell you, it is the biggest secret ever. It is one of adults' biggest secrets. And if I tell you, you have to promise that you'll keep it a secret with me, right? Like you can't go tell your friends. It's it's their parents' job to tell them this secret. You're my child, so I can tell you the secret, but you're not allowed to tell the secret to anybody else unless it's, you know, their parents have told them the secret. And then I let them know, I worded it as Santa are your parents, right? I didn't say like Santa's not real. I'm just like Santa, our parents get to be Santa. And that's something you can also hold on to even if you've been telling them Santa's around and now they find out that Santa's not around. You can maybe clarify and say, well, you know, mommy has a lot of different names. Some people call mommy Miss Charisse. Some people call mommy babe, like Poppy calls me babe. You call me mommy. Auntie Adria calls me sister. And Sometimes people call me Santa because that's one of the jobs that I get to do. I get to watch you when you're sleeping. I get to know when you're awake. I get to know if you've been good or better. (laughs) And I get to buy you the things that you want because I get to have that joy of watching you wake up and open these gifts. You know, you can kind of shift it however you want to shift it. Now, when it comes to your children telling or not telling other children. The best I can really give you, I'm a little conflicted with this in the realm of, I think culturally we ask our children and expect our children to do more than we would ever do. So I think it's very strange to, if you decide to tell your child the truth about something, to then ask them to hold onto or uphold something that like someone else is not telling their children. Like if a person was going to take their child to the dentist and told their child that the dentist is Disneyland. And then your child was like, nah, the dentist is where you go to get your teeth done. I don't imagine that anybody's parent would be like, why did you tell my child that the dentist is works on teeth? I told them it was Disneyland. Like, it's a strange concept to me, so I don't fully understand it. So maybe this isn't the right place where you want to get your advice. But I share that because I do think that we put too much stress and pressure on children. And sometimes when we put that amount on them, They almost want to share it even more just to kind of find out what's going to happen. What does this look like? Because our children are curious. They are still learning socially and emotionally, even in the way of like reactions. And so if you try to make it a big deal to like not tell other children or you have to, you know, keep it up, it may backfire on you. So the best advice that I would give is one, you could do like I did and be like, this is our secret. Let's keep this together. And we can do a whole other episode on secrets and how to appropriately manage secrets with children to not get them in trouble. Because I know know some of y'all are already ready to tell me about telling your child not to tell something. Um, And you can also give, again, give your child the scripts and give them what they should say. For instance, if they are in school and the topic of Santa comes up, you can let them know that You don't have to tell people who Santa is, or you can tell people that I'm your Santa. Or if someone asks you, is Santa real? You can tell them that's a question for your mommy, or that's a question for your dad. You you can teach your child to direct their friends elsewhere so that their parents can still manage that situation and their parents can still be the ones to decide when they do or don't want to share that. And then you can also have the conversations of, you know, 
honoring and respecting what different people believe. And it actually is a great conversation to have because whether or not the belief is factual or real or a lie or not a lie, as we grow up, as your children grow up, they're going to come into contact with people from all different kinds of backgrounds that have all different kinds of beliefs. And our goal is to have people who are respectful. At least that's my goal. I want my children to be able to cooperate with other people of different faiths, other people of different races, other people of different backgrounds and, you know, whatever it is, whatever the diversity is, I don't want them to have to be limited or have a separation based on a difference in someone's lifestyle or belief system. And so I think it really is a great opportunity to show and teach your children how to still interact with their friends and classmates respectfully, even if they disagree or believe different things. And the conversation might sound like, why is it so important for you to tell your friend that Santa is not real? And you can find that out. Again, one of the greatest tools with children is asking questions. And think about it. That's their language. Think about the amount of questions that they're constantly asking you. That's the way that they operate. That's the way that they communicate. And so when you start asking them questions, not only does it give you windows into what they're thinking, how they're thinking, so you can actually address what's going on, but it also gets them thinking so that they absorb the information more. If you just tell them, don't don't tell your friends, there's still the question of like, why? But I want this, but I want that. Instead, when you ask them the questions, you give them alternatives on how they can meet their needs in a way that respects and benefits everybody. So y'all, I know everybody still has Christmas shopping to do, packing to do, you're going on vacation. I'm not gonna keep you long. My child was here earlier and now I'm distracted by Lou, by Lemon, the dog in the background because she's my friend. Um, But I hope you all have a happy holiday season. Please ask me any of your questions. If I missed any questions or concerns about Santa, about Christmas, about gratitude, join my Parenting for the Culture podcast club. It's free in Google Classrooms. You can find the link in my link tree on Instagram at Sheree Sims. Join me there. Ask your questions. We meet live on Zoom weekly so we can talk about this more when you have time, when I have more time. But right now, I know it's the time to like get children ready for bath time, bedtime, wrapping gifts while they're asleep, whatever it is y'all are doing. So again, we are in the holiday season, so no homework. Actually, your only homework is to share the podcast. Let people know it's here. Let people know you love it. And make sure you come back because we got a lot of good stuff coming up for you guys. Anyways, take care, everybody. Peace. Peace.